You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. If our vision was to go sailing together on the Gulf of Mexico in homemade boats... I wonder how I would begin that sermon series. Of course, if you're going to build your own boats and go sailing, there are some literal nuts and bolts you need to be aware of, some things you need to do to be able to build the boat and make the boat worthy of the sea. But if I were casting a vision for us all to go sailing together on the Gulf in homemade boats, I wouldn't start with... Boat Building 101. I don't know that that would be that compelling for you to think about building a boat. If I were casting a vision for us to go sailing together in homemade boats on the Gulf, I would begin by helping you to think about what it would be like to be out there on the water. The wind filling the sails, the boat beginning to surge through the waves, salt spray on your face, warm sunshine, sailing together. I don't want to cast a vision of what it would actually be like when our vision comes to fruition. Well, this morning we're beginning a six-week sermon series on our vision as a church. And as we work our way through this series, there are some nuts and bolts we're going to talk about. There are some tactical level things we're going to discuss. Some strategic things we're going to discuss. But I want to spend a great amount of time starting this morning by helping us to think about what it will be like If we are living out our vision. What it will mean for us in our community if our vision is coming to fruition. You see, a vision is simply a picture of a preferred future. It's a clear picture of of where we want to go as a faith family. So as we begin, I want to paint the picture for you of what it looks like when you and I take seriously the command to abide in Christ. So keeping that in mind, I want you to turn with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. It's a wonderful, powerful chapter in God's Word. One of my Favorite in the New Testament will begin reading in verse 1. John 15, verse 1. When you found your place, I want to ask you this morning if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. Jesus is speaking on 
the night in which he would be betrayed. He's speaking on the night before he would be nailed to a cruel Roman cross. These are his last words for his disciples before his crucifixions. They carry with them a, a weight that we want to keep in mind as we read this passage. John 15, verse 1, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide, he says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let's pray together this morning. Father in heaven, we are grateful for this day that you've given us. Every day is a gift from you. And your word tells us that this is the day that you have made. We are to rejoice and be glad in it. And we rejoice, Lord in hearts that beat and lungs that breathe. We rejoice in the privilege we have to gather as a faith family, to sing praises to your great name, to experience you working in our lives through your word applied to our heart by the Holy Spirit of God. God, we are grateful that you are here. You are in this place. The living God, the living God moves among us. And we come to this time of Bible study with joyful expectancy. Have your way in our midst. Transform us individually and as a family of faith. And we'll thank you for that grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. In the spring of 2019, I cast some vision for you. And we talked about our vision as a church in one phrase. Hopefully you know that phrase by now if you've been around here for any time because we try to repeat it often. The phrase is, abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel. That is our vision as a church, that we would be a faith family that stays close to Jesus and makes much of Jesus, that seeks after Christ and seeks to win people to Christ. Abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel. What I want to do for the next six weeks is just reiterate this vision for our faith family. I'm going to spend three weeks talking about abiding in Christ and three weeks talking about advancing the gospel. But hear me carefully. 
I'm praying that this would not just be another sermon series where the pastor talks about vision and we all absorb it and it really doesn't change anything in our lives. I'm praying that that insofar as this vision is biblical and God-glorifying with the potential to impact the world, I'm asking that you give your life to the pursuit of this vision. That you make a commitment that you will give the remainder of your life with your primary focus being abiding in Christ and advancing the gospel. That raises the stakes a bit, doesn't it? This is serious biblical business we are dealing with this morning. Because I believe abiding and advancing encapsulates all that God calls us to be individually, in our families, and in our local church. And so I want to... I want to to break down this vision statement and focus specifically on the first part this morning, abiding in Christ, advancing the gospel. I want to focus in on what it means to abide in Christ. Now, in 2019, I gave you a definition of that, and I know you remember it all, but I want to, just in case you don't remember it, I'm going to reiterate the definition, but I made a change from 2019. So let me tell you what I said in 2019. To abide in Christ means that we're to enter into a relationship with Jesus and then maintain close fellowship with Jesus. That's what it means to abide in Christ. And I think that is a a helpful definition. But I changed a word in there because the word maintain just wasn't doing it for me. Maintain makes you think of changing your oil in your car, right? It's It's not a really exciting word that speaks of this relationship that we have with God. So, so here's the, the, the 2022 version of, of, of what it means to abide in Christ. This is in your notes. To abide in Christ means that we enter into a relationship with Jesus and then pursue close fellowship with Jesus. Jesus is not a, a religious ritual that you maintain. Jesus is a person that we are called to seek after and pursue with all of our heart and, and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. Amen? So that's what it means to abide in Christ. That you know Him personally. You've been saved. You've been born again. You have a relationship with God through Christ. And that now, as a follower of Christ, you are pursuing Him, you are seeking Him, you are clinging to Him, you are abiding in Him. That's what it means to abide in Christ. And so this morning I want to talk about the promises of abiding in Christ. Remember my opening illustration? We're not not talking about boat building today, all right? We're going to talk about what it's like to be out on the, the open water with the wind filling our sails. I want to talk about the promises of abiding in Christ. And then next week, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. And we're going to talk about the privilege of abiding in Christ. I'm excited about that. And then the third week, we're going to talk about the practice. How you practically speaking abide in Christ in your life. But I want to begin with the promises of abiding in Christ. And and if you look there... 
in your notes, there are some amazing promises that, that, that come about as a, re, as a direct result of our abiding in Christ. I just want to walk you through these amazing promises. Number one, if you abide in Christ, you will have a fruitful life. You will have a fruitful life. Now look what it says back in verse 5. Jesus says, I'm the vine, the, the one who gives life. I'm the vine. You are the branches, the ones who receive life from the vine. He says in verse 1, my father's overseeing the entire process. He's the, he, he's, he's the vine dresser. He's, he's working over it all that, that we might receive life from the vine who is Jesus. Some say, well, where's the Holy Spirit in this passage? Uh, I heard one scholar say that, that for, a, for a vine to give life to a branch, sap has to flow. The Holy Spirit is that sap, that life that flows from Jesus into our lives to, to give us the power we need to, to live the Christian life. And he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever, whoever, this is not for preachers or staff members or missionaries or deacons or some level of super Christian. Whoever, whoever, whoever abides in me and I in him. He it is that, watch this, bears... Much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus promises that if we stay connected to him, if we stay close to him, if we cling to him, if we seek him, if we pursue him, then he will work in, watch this, and through our lives that fruit might be produced. In other words, your life will have impact. Things will flow in and through your life that make a difference to those around you. The Bible speaks of fruit in different ways. Let me give you a few examples of what it means to have fruit or what fruit looks like in a Christian's life. Romans 1.13 says, We bear fruit when we lead someone to Jesus. Romans 6.22 says, We bear fruit when we grow in holiness. Galatians 5.22 and 23 says, We exemplify Christian character and through that we bear fruit when the Spirit is bearing that fruit through our lives. Colossians 1.10 says, We bear fruit when we do something for someone else. When we serve someone, help someone, assist someone, pray for someone, minister to someone. When we do that, that is, that's fruit, Christian fruit in our lives. Hebrews 13, 15 says, we bear fruit when we praise God. Listen to me. If you seek after Christ, if you cling to Jesus, if you abide in Christ, no one's going to have to beg you to come to church and worship. Because the fruit of abiding in Christ is the sacrifice of praise that comes from our lips. Jesus does that in us. If someone has to beg you to worship Jesus, I wonder if you're close to Jesus. 
Because when you abide in Him and He abides in you, He bears much fruit. And there are other uh, examples of fruit in the Bible. But here's what I want you to walk away with. If you abide in Christ, you'll have a fruitful life. And this this fruit is abundant. Notice what he says in verse 5. He says, you will bear much fruit. It's abundant fruit. Listen, it's fruit that, that others will sit up and take notice of. There's so much fruit coming from your life that that looks like Jesus that others can't help but see it. Stay close to Jesus. He bears abundant fruit. And and also this fruit glorifies God. Look what he says in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified. By this my Father is exalted. That you what? Bear much fruit. When you... Stay close to Jesus, and He produces uh, fruit through your life. It glorifies God. It, It glorifies your Creator. It glorifies your Father. It points people to Him. And this fruit also gives credibility. Notice what He says in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove... To be my disciples. You show the reality of your confession by the fruit that you bear. In other words, if you walk around saying, I believe in Jesus and Jesus changes lives. I believe in Jesus and Jesus makes a difference. Then others ought to see the change in you. Amen? Others ought to see the difference Jesus makes in you. When, when Jesus bears fruit in your life, as you stay close to him, it proves you are who you say you are. It proves that you are a, a follower of Christ. And this fruit that is abundant and glorifies God and gives credibility is fruit that lasts. Look what it says in verse 16. And this is so critical. Jesus says, you did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide, remain, stay. It's what the word abide means. So Jesus says this. If you'll abide in me, I will produce fruit in and through you that lasts. We're speaking here of legacy. It's fruit that makes the difference. It's fruit that people will take notice of, listen, when you're not even here anymore. Isn't that what we want? To leave a faithful, godly legacy for those who come behind us? Stay close to Jesus. He'll do it in and through you. It's fruit that lasts. So you will have a fruitful life if you abide in Christ. Christ. And listen to me, it won't feel like work. There are disciplines we need to put into place to abide in Christ, certainly. There are things we need to do, the Bible calls us to do, certainly. But those disciplines won't feel like uh, uh, rigorous activity that we're dreading. It'll feel like delight. As we walk with Jesus and pursue Jesus and seek Jesus, it will be fruitful.
Growing up in my backyard, we had three blueberry bushes. And those blueberries would come into season and we'd go and we'd pick blueberries and my mom would cook blueberry everything for about three weeks. It was glorious. <laughs> blueberry pies, blueberry muffins. I mean, if you could put a blueberry in it, she made it. And it was just, there's nothing like blueberry pie made with fresh blueberries or blueberry cobbler made with fresh blueberries. Or blue, you know, it was just wonderful. And, and I remember th- those blueberries on the bush, they were just abundant. We had to go out every day and, and, and get them. The, the, the bush wasn't trying, it was just producing. It was doing what it does. And if we will stay close to Jesus, Jesus will do what he does. He'll bear fruit through your life. And your Christianity won't be a checklist. Have I done this? Have I done that? Have I done this? Have I done your, 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 your Christianity will be a walk with Jesus whereby he does it all. There's a paradigm shift. And so, number one, the first amazing promise of abiding in Christ is a fruitful life. Number two, if you abide in Christ, your prayers will be answered. Who doesn't want that? Your prayers will be answered. Now look what it says in verse 7. Verse 7 of John 15, if you abide in me, Jesus says, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow! And then look in verse 16. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that, here it is, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These are extraordinary prayer promises. And we almost don't know what to do with them, right? We read verse like this and say, well, wait a minute. What about this and what about that? And what about this qualifier? And what about this qualifier? And we try to start explaining it away. Instead of just taking Jesus at his word. And saying... If I stay close to Jesus and I pray, he's going to dramatically, in an extraordinary manner, answer my prayers. Take him at his word. Try it out. Pursue Jesus and pray like you've never prayed before. And see the difference that it makes. Now, there are some aspects here we need to understand, to understand how this this dynamic works. Notice what he says there in verse 7. If you abide in me, now look at this next phrase, and my words abide in you. Part of staying close to Jesus is this. If you're staying close to Jesus, his word is going to have a front and center role in your life. His word is going to be permeating your life, your heart, your mind, saturating you as you consistently uh, take in the eternal living word of God, right? That's part of you can't listen, you can't be close to Jesus apart from the Bible, which is not gonna happen. So as you're pursuing Jesus and you're in his word, things begin to change. Listen, even the way you pray, even the things you pray for begin to change as you abide in Christ. If you look there in your notes. As you abide in Christ, His Word changes everything about you, even 
your prayers. And so here's what happens. We're clinging to Jesus. He's clinging to us. His word is is renewing our mind and transforming us. Aligning our heart more closely with his heart. So our prayers begin to look more like the heart of God. And when that happens, your prayers become unstoppable. Because God will answer prayers that are close to his heart. Amen? That's how it works. So if you will abide in Christ, he will change the way you pray. And as he changes the way you pray, and you take him at his word, and you ask God to do small things and big things, and work in your life, and work in the lives of others, you will see him move with breathtaking power. It's a promise of scripture. Your prayers will be answered. Your prayers will be more effective. And again, who doesn't want that? So promise number one, fruitful life. Promise number two, answered prayer. Listen to what Andrew Murray says about this process of abiding in Christ and praying. Andrew Murray writes, To offer a prayer, to give utterance to certain wishes, and to appeal to certain promises is an easy thing and can be learned of man by human wisdom. In other words, anybody can figure out how to articulate words, the mechanics of prayer. But he goes on to say, But to pray in the Spirit, to speak words that reach and touch God, that affect and influence the powers of the unseen world. Such praying, such speaking, depends entirely upon our hearing God's voice. Just as far as we listen to the voice and language that God speaks, and in the words of God receive His thoughts, His mind, His life into our heart, we shall learn to speak in the voice and the language that God hears. It is the ear of the learner. Wake into morning by morning that prepares the tongue of the learned to speak to God. Wow. If you will pursue Jesus and stay close to Jesus, it it will turn your prayer life upside down. There's a third promise here quickly. If you abide in Christ, you will experience God's love. You'll experience God's love. Look what it says in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, Jesus says, you'll abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Now I want you to understand that the love of God for you is an objective fact. There's nothing you can do to make God love you any more than he already loved you. Can I get an amen? And there's nothing you can do to get God to love you any less than he loves you. His love for us is perfect even though we are sinners. That's what makes it so amazing. God loves you. Did you hear me? God loves you. But the question is, are you experiencing that love? I mean, he loves you. But do you feel that love? Do you rejoice in that love? Does the love of God have any practical 
day-to-day working in your life? Does the love of God ever affect you at the emotional level? Where you're just overcome with the fact that God loves you? I want you to understand that there's nothing that this world has to offer that comes close to experiencing, feeling the love of God. And notice in verse 9, this is, you want to see how amazing this love is? This is the, the same love the Father has for the Son. Look what Jesus says. As the Father has loved me, that's the kind of love he's talking about, so have I loved you. So Jesus is saying, from eternity past, in, in the society of the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I, I enjoyed and experienced the love of the Father, his perfect never-failing love. And now that same love, that same love is directed towards you. And as you abide in me, as you draw in close to me, as you cling to me, you will feel that love. It will make a practical difference in your day-to-day life. No matter what comes, you can say, oh, I'm loved by God and I feel it and I know it to the core of my being. Sometimes as we walk through this life, we just need to let God love us, don't we? The ups, the downs, the hardships, the trials, the tribulations, the uncertainties, the anxieties. Sometimes we just need to be reminded I am loved by God and I feel it. I feel it. At the emotional level, I feel the love of God for me. And look what Jesus says there in verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Here's what that means. As you feel God's love, you readily obey him. As you readily obey him, you experience God's love in even a deeper way. It's this wonderful cycle. I feel loved. I want to serve him. I want to obey him because he loves me so much and he knows what's best for me. And as I serve him and obey him, I feel his love even more. Isn't that cool how that works? That's what happens when you abide in Christ. You, You feel his love. This is the give and take of relationship. And Warren Wiersbe says, once you've begun to cultivate this deeper communion with Christ, you have no desire to return to the shallow life of the careless Christian. Once you get to this place where you're walking daily, rejoicing in the Father's love, serving Him in response to the way that He loves you, experiencing His love at even deeper and deeper levels, You'll never want to go back to status quo Christianity. You'll never want to go back to going through the motions. You'll never want to go back to to casual acquaintance with Christ. Why? There's nothing like experiencing God's love as you stay close to Jesus. Which brings me to number four and we'll be through. The amazing promises of abiding in Christ. You will have a fruitful life. Your prayers will be answered. 
You will experience God's love. And number four, you will possess the fullness of joy. Isn't it interesting how abiding in Christ affects us in our emotions? You will experience the fullness of joy. Look what Jesus says in verse 11. These things, these things about abiding, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The word joy is the Greek word kara. It speaks of a state of joy, a state of gladness. It speaks of great happiness. I mean, you know what joy is. You know it when you got it. You know it when you don't. Can I get an amen? And Jesus says, one of the effects of coming in real close to me, abiding in me, one of the effects is you will experience my joy in you. Which leads to a fullness of joy. A joy that fills you up to overflowing. A joy that you cannot hide. A joy that spills over into other people's lives. Two things I want you to see about this joy. Number one, Jesus is zealous for your joy. Notice verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you. Who's talking about joy here? Jesus is. And this is a life-transforming truth if you let it permeate your heart and your mind. You listening? Jesus is for your joy. He wants you living the joyful Christian life. He wants you experiencing the emotion of joy. That's what he wants for you. Joy. Jesus is zealous for your joy and abiding in Christ, staying close to the one who's zealous for your joy, yields a joyful life. He says, verse 11, your joy may be full. You see, the closer we are to Jesus, the more consistent our joy. And so, if your experience of joy is like a roller coaster, we were, we were down in Central Florida this past week, and my daughter taught me into getting on some roller coasters with her. Bad decision, but I did it. I mean, ups, downs, ups, downs, right? If, you're, if your joy, your experience of joy is like a roller coaster, up and then down, up and then down, up and then down, Maybe, let me just suggest, maybe the issue is you're not pursuing Jesus. Because if you draw in close to Him and it's a daily reality in your life, your joy will be more consistent. I'm not saying you won't go through hard times. I'm not saying you won't experience difficult things. I'm saying that there will be an overarching joy that circumstances cannot take away. Joy. And it comes from just seeking Jesus, staying close to Him. These are the amazing promises of abiding in Christ. 
We'll get to nuts and bolts in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk some, some practical things about some, about some practical things that can help you abide in Christ. We're going to get to building the boats, okay? But right now, I want you to think about what it's like to be sailing across the sea. I want you to think about the potential you can walk in if you abide in Christ. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's Word. May the Lord richly bless you.